welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast, the nerdy podcast hosted by two northern nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And welcome to this week's great podcast. I can't wait to get into it. I've been excited about it, but it's drove me round the bend. I'm not going to lie. I thought this would have been my week and I've probably just melted my brain about a million times over trying to work this out. The you only thing I'm happy week. about is because of the topic I'll announce it, uh, it's uh, favorite, top five favourite films of the 80s is mm-hmm. three of the films that would have been dead certs we've already talked about, which is Ghostbusters, Goonies yep. and Lost Boys, which, yep. <laughs> which saved me a lot of a heartache. <laughs> same, same here. Same here. Knew I couldn't pick them because I'd already been on the uh, lists previous. And because this is this is how it's getting so interesting. Because now we can't go back over things, so you've got to really mm-hmm. get your brain thinking. Yes, because I can say when we were going through the horror films, you couldn't use The Exorcist, I couldn't use Jaws. Nope. So um, it's making us think a little bit outside the box. But yep. I'll be honest, my lists, even from this morning, was still at ten. Um, I've had to be a bit brutal <laughs> with stuff. There's some. I've took off, which I don't know why I've took off, but it's just because <laughs> I've just thought, right, these are the ones I can watch. I, I think we were talking before about these are the ones I could watch any second of the day. Yeah, doesn't matter the mood. These are the films. I could, I could walk good. out. Yeah, I could literally walk out of this room and just go and stick them all on and think nothing of it because they're that good for yes. me anyway. So, like every week, each week, one of us picks a topic and we go through our top five favorite of that topic. So. As it is your week, you can go first. Certainly. And um, I'm just trying to pick the, the first one. So I'm <laughs> with the easiest one to pick of, of them all, that basically was the first pick that hasn't left the, left the top five. It kicked a few, few of them off. But mm-hmm. first one, uh, 1985, Michael mm-hmm. J. Fox. Oh. You'll, you'll hear the music just as I'm speaking of it. It's <laughs> Back to the Future. My wedding song. Which one? Um, um, the power, power of, of Love. love. Oh. Yeah, Power of Love. It's what we came, what we came out to at the end of our wedding. Um, yeah, it, so it holds a special place for me, but I didn't pick it because I knew you would. And and I'm probably going to upset a few people here. Right. It's not my favourite from the franchise. Okay. Even though it is a perfect film, number two will always be my favourite. Number two? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. I, like I, said, I went to see the uh, number two at the pictures. I, I wasn't lucky enough to see Back to the Future when it came out in the pictures. I saw it on, uh, I think it was, uh, like, trying to remember the channel now. It was, I, I think it was ITV because there was, uh, there was the, there was this uh, TV adverts between them. Um, <laughs> but I can still remember being blown away by this film. Like even at all the aspects, like, um, like I said, the, the dark brown, uh, like Christopher Lloyd was absolutely mesmerising. That car, the DeLorean. Like you see, you can't think of Back to the Future and not think of a DeLorean. You can't think of the DeLorean and not think of Back yeah. to the Future. Even though it was a hideous car, I always wanted it. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. Um, I heard this from Carolyn, mm-hmm. that this is scientifically mm-hmm. the most perfect film right. from start to finish. Okay. There's no, there's no, incon- what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, incon- there's no inconsistencies, there's no errors, there's no, it's just perfect from start to finish. I just look at, like, see, because it's, it's a film for all the ages, because it is technically a, a kid's film, but there's some quite, like, say, adult humour in there, where, like, say, when 
goes back in time. His mum tries to shag him. Uh, <laughs> um, like, you know, like I say, his mum was a bit uh, promiscuous, shall we say, that, that she, she, um, she liked the boys. Um, it, has, it has one of the best lines in it as well with George McFly, and he just goes, you are my density. <laughs> but the whole aspect, like, um, there's aspects in it, like you say, you'll laugh out loud, you'll cry. Um, like I said, the, the, as you said, George McFly, um, got his act, uh, Christopher Crispin Gover, who um, famously messed up his career by uh, trying to get too much money to go back to the sequels. See, you think that's what it is, but mm. I've been listening to it because he's only just started recently talking about it. Mm. It wasn't a case, it, it was a case of money, mm. but it was Noni's worth. Yeah. And he, he talks about it. Um, he he will not say a bad word about the director or Mike or any of the cast. It's one of the producers who he says was he was really screwed over by. Yeah, I feel quite sorry for him because it did hold his career in such a way. But you'll have to go and listen to his own words on what happened. But I don't think it's as black and white as he just wanted. Oh no, I've I been flipping with my comments there. So uh, <laughs> I, I know. Um, like I say, he was a brilliant actor. Like I say, it's some of the things he'd done, even when he was in, what was the, the rat one? Willard. I, 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 it was a strange film, but I thought he played something. And recently in American Gods, he was quite brilliant. American Gods, he was so good in that. Um, in that film, but um, I think he would have been a bigger actor than he has if the things that went down, whatever happened, yeah. uh, kind of spoiled. But like I say, that role, like I say, as, as George McFly, like I say, it was iconic. It was hilarious where he started out as, like I say, the nerdy tid, probably would have been me. <laughs> like I said, as a teenage boy, not, not scared at all to go, getting picked on by the Biff Tannins, um, who, like I said, even though he was just a bully, terrified mm -hmm. as a kid, I was actually scared of Biff, which I never thought it would be. Oh, but, Biff has some of the best dialogue in that mm -hmm. film. Like, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? <laughs> I'm sure I, I actually, this film actually made us want to have a skateboard as well. Like I said, Growing up in the northeast in the UK, uh, in the eighties, skateboards weren't really that cool. <laughs> no, they were not. <laughs> so they it was very kind of good on the streets and being the most clumsiest teenage boy you'll ever see. Well, not teenage, like like adolescent. I was falling off that skateboard so many times. I know, and it was, at the time you didn't have to wear uh, helmets or anything like that. So I'm surprised no. I got damaged. No health and safety in this one. <laughs> no. I'm I'm going to apologise in advance if anyone can hear my cat going absolutely ballistic at the door and I'm not letting her in because I won't be able to concentrate but I'm really sorry if anyone can hear her while you were talking there she's going at absolute ends trying to get in but she loves the film so as well I'm, that's the thing we're I'm talking about really... the future and everyone loves it I I don't think I've actually spoke to anyone that has actually a bad no. word about it like, no not whatsoever you can't like I know the second one's probably my favourite and it's just because of, I like the fact when I love the 50s era like yeah. I just that I just loved it mm. but I look I do like it when he goes into the future and yeah. especially as a kid like that's what we're looking at we're not looking yeah. behind no, no, us we're, we're looking in front of us we've, we've passed it as well now so I know <laughs> we'll get where's my fucking hoverboard where's where's this Jaws uh, hologram that comes hologram, out hologram exactly <laughs> I know exactly. we've had the 3D element, but um, there's we so got many some. Things. We got some truth in it, you know. Yeah. Biff Tannen did become president of the United States. <laughs> Whoa, political. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as much politicalness as you'll get out of us. 
God, I mean, I know it might, it might sound creepy, but I had the biggest crush on uh, Marty's mom as well, uh, Leah Thompson. Um, I say I don't know why. Just I can say when she was younger, like, from that era, she was absolutely gorgeous. She's stunning, but it doesn't it blow your mind that like that is how old she was when the film was being done, and now she's like the age of what she would have been <laughs> as Marty's mom. Like <laughs> it's crazy. And I think it is absolutely crazy. Yeah, and I think, like you see in this film as well, it started off like the, I wouldn't say obsession, but I absolutely love Michael J. Fox. I, I love him in everything he's been in, even Spin City. I, I thought that show was Oh, brilliant. that's so good, that show. Didn't um, Charlie Sheen take over? Yeah, when, when he's there. Um, yeah. It's too bad. But, but I love that he's, he's, he's still acting today. Mm -hmm. Like even with his Parkinson's, he's still acting today, which I just absolutely love. He was that man can just do no wrong. My dad is a massive fan of Michael J. Fox, and they actually share uh, not just a birthday, but they were born on the same day. And so he, Eric, it was Eric Stoltz who was originally cast as Marty McFly before yeah. as well. So it would have had a very interesting because they actually start filming um, the movie. Oh yeah! If you go um, and look online, you'll be able to find pictures of him in Marty's um, costumes. But it just—I don't know if it's because we know the film, yeah, and it doesn't look right. Yeah. Would we have known any different? Probably not. Probably not. But but I know because uh, wasn't it family? Was it wasn't it? Family ties. Family ties. I was going to say family strokes. I was like, oh, no. oh, are you worse? very different program. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, because he was contacted with that. That's why he uh, couldn't get out. And apparently, afterwards, he, he did both at the same time. Yeah. So he was doing that in the nighttime, and he was doing his family ties during the day. And if you go on any Watch Mojo list about any television program from America, that one always comes up, and it's always around when Mar when Marty when Michael J. <laughs> Fox was in it. See, so that's he why he's always going to be referred to as Marty McFly. That's why I got really upset a few years ago when actually started talking about doing a reboot of Back to the Future. No, um, no, 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 no. I know no, there's no. been loads of rumours down the years. There was actually going to be like a brand new one. Uh, but I think the producer or the director said that as, as long as he's alive, he won't allow them to do it. But then there Good. was uh, Back to the Future 4 where Marty was going to be playing, uh, Michael J. Fox was going to be playing the Doc Brown role. So he's going to be the crazy scientist like when he's older. And a new, I'd say probably got, got Shia LaBeouf on our look. <laughs> <laughs> to play a, a young uh, Marty McFly. Um, like I say, a new up, up to now, I wonder what car they would have used then. They would have still had to use the DeLorean. I would have been disappointed if they didn't. But yes. I love the episode of the Goldbergs when his brother comes home <laughs> with the DeLorean. The DeLorean. <laughs> and were absolutely decked when that episode yes. come up. I love that show. I love the Goldberg. So good. You got us. You got me rewatching it again because I did fall <laughs> off from it because it just became the same. It was the same episode mm -hmm. each week. There was it wasn't much different, but it's just it just had like a very feel good feeling to it, mm -hmm. which is what Back to the Future gives everyone. Yes. It's a very feel good exactly. film. Exactly. Whenever, as I said, if you're feeling happy, sad, miserable, um, even if it's on telly, even if it's halfway through, you see yeah. it's on. You can pick it up and just say, right, I'm just going to enjoy it. Were you lucky enough to get on the ride of Florida? No, it turned into the I Simpsons. I was! Oh, you no. <laughs> no, they turned into the Simpsons ride uh, when I went. I, but I did I actually touch the DeLorean. And I've met, uh, like I say, the guy who plays Doc Brown at Florida in Universal Studios, running around with his bit of glasses <laughs> on. Uh, but yeah, I touched the oh, DeLorean and I touched I the train. 
it's such it was such a good ride like from start to finish like from in the when you're in the queue you just submersed in the atmosphere they want you to be in which is getting ready to go on doc's wild journey Mm -hmm. it the last time i rode it was probably the last year it was there and it was so like the screen was out of place and if you were to lean ever so slightly forward you could see all of the other cars Uh and it just it really took you out of it but the first time i went on it it was absolutely magical and if you want to see a point of view ride go on youtube it's there and you can do the whole ride on yeah. YouTube. It is. Uh, it, it, it was fantastic. I wouldn't mind doing that in VR. You know, these VR sets you can get now. Yeah. VR, huh? That would be quite cool. I'm really fun. terrible on VR. <laughs> I'm not a good person on VR. I get very violent. <laughs> Going back to... <laughs> so I'm just laughing at you being violent now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the the sequels two and three, I might be wrong. Was was that the first time that the films were filmed back? Like any film was filmed back to back, like sequel, knowing that the I'm second sure. one was coming out straight. I know, I'm sure Peter Jackson came out saying he was inspired by Back to the Future 2 and 3, that he was going to film Lord of the Rings that way. Oh, I don't know, potentially. I mean, you've got a different Jennifer mm-hmm. in, yeah. in 2 and 3. And, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I really don't know. Um, I, I've, I'm not. Re- I think I've only seen like three a handful of times. It's mm. not. I still love the the fact of if the kid at the end where he points that he's there. <laughs> it's so he gets he does that with the camera, mm. and then he goes like that, and it's so funny. And um, but two is just I love it. I, I love I, it. And I think it's probably one of, again, being one of them films where every TV show or every film's kind of had a hint or joked about it in some way. Because I know mm-hmm. it's not a very good film, uh, like A Million Ways to Die in the West with Seth MacFarlane. I love that film. I really love I think that film's fantastic. I, just, I, do, I, like, I have a very soft spot for Seth MacFarlane, so he really cannot do much wrong in my eyes. Yeah, um, I love the, the Doc Brown uh, kind of joke in that as well. Mm-hmm. When they go in the barn and he's like hiding the car, he's like, "Oh, don't look." <laughs> oh, I do love it. Are you ready to yeah. move on? Um, just a little right. shout out oh, as well. well. Uh, one of the posters in the Facebook group actually posted a documentary on the Discovery Channel. Um, I've forgotten the name of it now, but it's basically this travel guide searching for the original DeLorean, and it's oh. got um, it's got Christopher Lloyd in it as well to help them find it. So the search and through for the Michael J. Fox Foundation. So oh, wow. again, uh, have a look up on, it's on the Discovery Channel. You'll probably be able to find it on some streaming device as well. Mm. But um, I can't remember the name, but it's about find, uh, like say, finding the DeLorean and going through Hollywood. It's, but, um, yeah, so that's something I'm going to watch as well going forward. Oh, brilliant. Well, my number one pick. So... I'm going to go with the one that I toed and froed with because I did take one, I, I had it written down and it wasn't until I was thinking the one that I've wrote down could potentially put on another list. So mm. I'm going to stay clear of it. Um, so I put this one in its place. Mm-hmm. It's from 1985. Mm-hmm. It's directed by the star. It's, t- it's uh, um, the star, <laughs> the st- it's his version of the Cold War. It's, it's Rocky Four. 
the worst Rocky. <laughs> no, actually, you're getting that back. Rocky five. Rocky five was the worst Rocky. I'll, I'll take that back. Ooh. Oh, wow. Ooh. I was going to get a my, I was going to get in my car there, and there was going to be there was going to be some blood spills. Rocky oh. four is brilliant. It has the best soundtrack. That oh, soundtrack yeah. is on in my car. It is fantastic. It's the death of Apollo Creed. Yeah. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> No. <laughs> Just imagine if someone hadn't seen it. I've seen what you want, two, three, five, and... Uh... I've never seen four. Yeah, Apollo Creed dies, and then you've got uh, Dolph, Lund Dolph Lundgren as Ivan Draco. Like, he was, <laughs> oh, it's just, it was brilliantly... It's such a... It was the first one I think I watched because Anthony... No, no, it wouldn't have been. Because I didn't watch the Rocky films until a few years ago. Yeah, and Anthony bought them as all for Christmas, mm -hmm. and I, 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 I want to say I, I watched this one first because it's Anthony says it's like his favorite, so I was like, right. oh, we'll watch yeah. this one. He was like, you don't need to know really much going into it. Well, I, I disagree because the relationship with Apollo and Rocky. Well, I do now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh huh. But it, I really I think think. that would that would have drove me crazy watching out of order if you've not watched them first. <laughs> I think I did, you know, I, I really do. But this is just, it's, it's hard. It's like, it's not hard to explain. It's just an easy watch. Yeah. And it was, and I bumped it off. I'm going to tell you what I bumped it off for was um, Return of the Jedi. Right. Okay. I've not included I any want, Star Wars in my I have not. That, exactly. Well, yeah. that's what I, I was thinking. We could potentially do a Star Wars episode. And to be fair, we could just talk about Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, so that, that'll be that. Yeah. And I was like, and I don't think this is going to be fitting because mm -hmm. I could, you could pick two of the Star Wars films for the 80s. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, I, I think that's just an easy cop out. I'm going to put Rocky Four in its place. Um, even I if it does have I've got to be in the right mood for Star Wars. Well, even though, like I say, a huge Star Wars fan, I've got Star Wars, mm -hmm. every, every author's really. But um, I have to be in the right mood for Star Wars these days because I get you. It's it's not as easy to watch as it used to be because I think it's not tainted, but there's there's that much of it. It's now, so you don't know there's, where. To start. Yeah, there's a lot now. You you kind of spoil for choice because you can go, you can go right the way to the beginning. You can go right the way to the end. You can go Star in the middle. Wars, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's, um, Clone Wars as well. There's, I think we'll there's a lot, a lot to choose from with Star Wars, and I just thought that could potentially come up, so I bumped it and thought, what is the film that I could sit and watch for eternity and not get bored of it? And Rocky it was Rocky IV. Four. It is. I, like, say, I, I used to quote it all the time: "If he dies, he dies." <laughs> <laughs> Some it's of the worst, and in, in, in any Rocky film, the dialogue's never been great, but it, 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 it gives you that feeling of where it pumps you up and. Um, when he's when he's when they love a good montage and they always do the montage oh, really well. The montage scene with that music, mm -hmm. I that is the first on because I have a movie playlist and that was the first one I put on there because it is such a build up and then it just all it is is just music. There's no words in it and then you've got um, hearts on fire and um, easy way out, which is just I, I love driving in the car with that <laughs> on because I can just picture Sly. Driving in the car. <laughs> I know. I didn't realise though until today that Sylvester Stallone did direct this. Now I know he's, yeah. you know, he, he won his Oscar for his writing the first Rocky, 
and I didn't think he directed it, but I didn't, I definitely didn't know that he directed this one. Mm-hmm. Had no idea. But that's it. I haven't really got much to talk about on Rocky Four because it was literally just a last minute. Yeah. Thing it's a good choice. Like, it is an 80, if you were looking at 80s films, it is mm-hmm. the epitome of what 80s is. It was like America versus Russia, big versus. The- slightly smaller it, yeah it was just it was his take on the cold war yeah. and, and also david that, versus goliath as well if in a yeah. kind of way yeah oh huh mm-hmm. um the death of his friend which is obviously a massive part of rocky's story because apollo has been predominant through one yeah. two four um so it, it, it does have everything um it has a robot i can't remember its name now as well because Oh, and neither can now, but I absolutely hate Paulie as a character. He, I really do. He's such a whiny little bitch that I just could do without him. And I just think he constantly, he just, he just doesn't need to be there. He's, 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 no, no, he's, he's I, I, I'll, I'll change your mind on this aspect straight away. Paulie's the foil to Rocky, because Rocky's the op- ultimate optimist. He's always positive. And Paul yeah. is always dragging him down. So it's kind of like the easy... That's exactly what I was just going to say. I was going to say he's like a little devil sitting on his shoulder, constantly just putting bad shit in his head. Yeah. And I just I, I feel like you don't need him. In the films, though, because like, it, it kind of balances out, because if, if you just didn't have that like point of view, yeah, you, it would exactly. just be like, like, oh, yeah, Rocky's positive. It's someone telling him he can't do it, so it's... The yeah. Drive force to push as well. Yeah, I get that. I, that that does make sense to us. Yeah. Right, we'll move on. You go next. Right, I don't know which one's the pick. It's I've got so many. Yeah. yeah you know, I'm trying to like. I think I've got mine in order now. Where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with this one because, like I say, it's not a great film. I think that like they when the end, I when I've looked into it as well. The writers said they wrote it in a day as well. It only took them a day to write the film. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, but the cast is brilliant, and you know, I think it's not his first role. It was one of his very first role of our very own Iron Man, um, Robert oh, Downey right, Jr. Okay. So the film, okay. is 1985. Uh, uh-huh. Again, it's one of them things. I'll say the I'll say the name of it, and you'll start hearing the music in your head straight away. Weird mm. science. <laughs> Paul. Yep. I've never seen it. <laughs> what? You've never seen Weird Science? No. Oh. Carolyn will be listening to this going, of course she hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Kelly LeBrock is later, uh, this computer-generated uh, being that uh, these two nerdy boys who didn't have a chance for girls at, at, at high school uh, basically locked themselves in the teenage bedroom and, and broke into the Pentagon computers somehow because there were computer machines, and they created this living being that was Lisa, who could make any dream come true. And oh wow! Honestly, if you love like eighties films, um, it's directed by John Hughes. That tells you everything. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Didn't they have a TV show? I really think yes. I've seen the. Yes. I've seen the TV show, yeah, so I do trouble. know the concept of it. Yeah, it was yes, on, yes, trouble. it was. It was on trouble. Yeah, but uh, like I say. Anthony Michael Hall was the character famously from The Breakfast Club as well. Um, mm-hmm. He played uh, Gary and uh, I can't, I'm trying to pronounce his right name right. Ellen Mitchell Smith played Wyatt Donnelly. Um, Bill Paxton plays his older brother who used to torture him, who was like the army brats who came home and just made the lives hell. And like I said, Kelly LeBrock, who was 
the ultimate 80s love. Like, if you Google pictures of Kelly LeBrock from the 80s, you will. And now me Alexis trying to Google pictures of Kelly LeBrock. Like, say, she was the quintessential 80s beer. Big hair, like, say, big lips. Be absolutely beautiful. But as a teenage... I say, if we think of teenage comedies, we go back to say American Pie and that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. This was like a bit of a watered down version, but honestly, it's just hilarious. Like there's um, the things that happen. Like she, she's a teenage boy's wet dream, and I know it sounds stupid. Um, it, it, no, it doesn't. It, it makes total sense. Like Anth loves this film, mm -hmm. so. And you and Anthony are around about the same age group, so it it totally makes fully sense. Like it just wasn't something mm -hmm. I picked up as a child. It, it yeah. didn't really speak to me. Like there's one scene that always stands out because I find it hilarious now. Like this absolutely gorgeous woman invites these two nerds to have a shower with her, and she's there naked in the shower, like looking around, and then they're standing in the corner looking terrified, and they're wearing uh, shower shorts, uh, swimming trunks. Because they didn't want to be naked in front of her, <laughs> but that's like the type of humour that is. And like I said, it, again, it's a coming of age thing. It's John Hughes, so yeah. it has to be. It's about giving these two young lads confidence and stuff. And the, and like I said, the mm. school bullies Robert Downey Jr. Uh, like I said, gets involved and says, "Oh, we want to do the same thing," and chaos emerges. And honestly, it's like I said, without spoiling the film too much. <laughs> you can spoil it. Like it came out in the eighties. <laughs> if is, I haven't seen it now, it's my own fault. <laughs> but it is like I say, a, a complete romp of a film. And I know when the like I say, they came out and said, "Oh, we wrote this film in a day," just because I don't know like, where it was eighties. They were probably on copious amounts of drugs and, <laughs> and whatever during that time. But if, if uh, Danny Junior is involved in it, most likely. <laughs> the screenplay was was by John Hughes as well. So, um, but yeah. Weird science. It's one of them films. It's uh, similar to like *License to Drive*, uh, other '80s films along the same kind of thing. That was the only, like I say, I could have listed John Hughes films like coming out of everything. You but could, yeah, you could do a full list on him because he is very much uh, a driving force of films from our our mm -hmm. growing up, and kind of gives like, especially for kids in the UK. A, a false sense of what the, what the what world's really like <laughs> yes. because that wasn't our that isn't our oh. growing up but we we really tried to make it like that yeah when i went to senior school i realized i didn't have a, a locker i was well pissed off <laughs> oh, <don't bother. laughs> i was like where, where, where's this because like high school you were like well, okay i'm going into the big school now i'm gonna get me on locker i'm gonna mm -hmm. all these things but all the, all it was pain it was just pain <laughs> no it was um but diners like yes. hangout spots like yeah. we had none of we created mm -hmm. our own growing up like yeah. he was like a a driving force in that John Hughes is just there. There's a lovely tribute on um because Josh Gad over lockdown has done um re, a show called Reunited Apart, mm -hmm. and he does a beautiful tribute to John Hughes with all of his mm -hmm. all of his characters in it. And you see Catherine O'Hara um portraying the mother from mm -hmm. Home Alone. Like each it's like the actors now saying their lines from back then, and it was just beautifully. I, sobbed through it, it was well, so, I, you don't realize yeah. how many films you did mm -hmm. like I said this film because like I said when I was talking about the list literally I had film on and film 
So this one actually knocked off the Breakfast Club because that was going to be the two. Like that, that, that Didn't was you a, pick that before? I haven't picked it. I would talked about it. Ah, because I thought about the stand but would never pick the Breakfast okay. Club. So um, I can say that was one of the ones that I was going to have on. But when I was talking about, like, say, John Hughes films, I'm sure the Breakfast Club was a John Hughes as well. I'm just trying to see uh, screen. Yeah, directed by John Hughes. So that I, I picked the Weird Science because. I remember watching Weird Science more, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I did not know it was a John Hughes film. Weird Science. I yeah. should, I should, because of the cast he's got in it is very like he kind of tried. Didn't he like use a lot of the same cast? Yes. Yeah, especially yeah. throughout the early eighties films. Yes, but um, except this type of film, I remember watching on. Uh, except this one was a bit later because it was a bit raunchier and stuff like that. So. Um, it was one it sounds it. <laughs> but it, it. It wasn't quite porties, but it was wasn't as 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 full on as that. <laughs> there was no nudity in it, if that makes sense. But um, it was quite a the subject matter was quite American teenage. Yeah. Say, but oh, what a film! If you haven't seen it, and like I say, the, the soundtrack again, which with any eighties film is always amazing. And like I say, when you hear the like I say the title, I think even the song was a. Weird Science was a hit during the time. Yes, well. <laughs> it was. That's what's, well, that's what's in my head right now. Weird Science. I just remember it from the, um, the TV show, which I wasn't really heavily invested in. I wasn't no. really a television person as a, mm. as a child. or like, I, I, liked, I liked what I liked, and yeah. I stuck with it. The only reason and I remember I the TV show <laughs> as well is because the woman who played Lisa was the woman out of Kingpin. You know, with uh, Woody Harrison. And Another one I've not seen, but yes, I know which, <laughs> I know who you're referring to. <laughs> I'm going to those one day with loads of videos and say, right, here we go. <laughs> videos. Videos. I have, a v I have a VCR player, that's fine. <laughs> if, you've got, if you've got videos, I do own a VCR. Uh, <laughs> I do have a lot of stuff on VCR. <laughs> even look up to the new tellies even these days. Cause yeah, yeah. yeah, it works perfectly fine. You've got you've still got to track some stuff. Remember, you have to track stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got loads of them. Um, I've got all the old Disney mm. um, videos, videos, yeah. VCRs, VCR, and yeah. I have home ones that me and my sister put together. So we have like a Christmas. We used to have a Christmas oh. tape with what? all of like stuff that we just recorded from like um, Stay Tuned and about Rolf Harris and. <laughs> 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 Just because the artist or the person has done bad things, is it still is it okay still to enjoy the work? Or is it? It was it, it was just a, it was just a, he did um it was like Tony Robbins did Stay Tuned yeah and we've got like he went back over like old mm. Christmas um like cartoons. Yeah. Like the Popeye one from it's a New Year one and it's Popeye oh. and it's one of my favourites and I absolutely love it. <laughs> Um, and it's on there, so I have them all, all on video. Oh, yeah, so all my, me and my sister. To be fair, we're talking about VHS. There's people probably viewing this going, what the fuck's VHS? <laughs> video recording system. <laughs> you this big, you used to have two holes. This big, with tape. <laughs> yes. And you were buggered if the tape got in. Yes. <laughs> got and crushed had, or anything. If you didn't have long play or short play, you were knackered as well. So. <laughs> yep. Yep, and if you went to America like I did from the age of 15 and came home with VHSs that weren't in, in an English version, 
pointless yeah. gutted i think <laughs> ready to rumble was the first one i brought home and it was it wasn't a uk i think it was actually, actually that might be dvds i might be getting mixed up with dvds if it wasn't oh it would have been if it wasn't region one yeah region one could, i know yeah <laughs> I think Blu rays are A, B, and C, but most of them are multi. Uh, I think most of them don't even bother with it now, anyway. Can't even remember the last time I bought a DVD. Or, oh, that's a big lie. I bought Star Wars to go finish me collection off. Um, but I have, I have the original Star Wars on VHS, which I bought at a convention of a lovely gentleman. I picked up uh, very... 4K last week. Uh, the Schneider cut of just a second. The Schneider cut. It's <laughs> actually on two discs, which I was surprised at because they couldn't fit the whole film on one disc. That doesn't surprise us, <laughs> given that it was four hours long. Yeah. Right, you're going to move on to your number two? Yes. So yeah. there's one I'm leaving to no. last. No, this is my number. Oh, hang on, hang on. I'm going missing yours. You just, your oh, you've just gone. You've yes, just gone. Sorry, it's me. <laughs> See? Right, okay. <laughs> So this actually fits in with what we were just talking about with Christmas, because this is a Christmas film, technically, I think. Um, it's When I was growing up, there was only two films that I loved more than anything in the world. Ghostbusters being one of them, and this being the second of them. It was brought out in 1983, directed by John Landis, and stars one of my favourite people in the entire world, Dan Aykroyd. It is Trading Places. Oh, what a film. Yes. It is. One of I literally watched Ghostbusters and Trading Places religiously, and I'm going to be honest, I probably didn't understand half of what was going on, but yeah. because because Ray Stance is in it, mm-hmm. it, it just like there was a lot of things that used to get me eyes covered over for and my ears covered <laughs> over for. <laughs> but growing up, yeah. I get I remember the first time I watched it as an adult. And actually going, how did I watch this as a kid? Like, yeah. I would never have gotten half oh, of the stuff no. that was going on here. But now, I like, could not, it was like watching it all over again. And was I've that, seen uh, it a million was, times. I was trying to think back, was that the first time Eddie Murphy was in a role after, and he done Raw, did he do Raw after, after that? Oh, I really don't know. I didn't see that on then, because I did read a bit of trivia on it and I didn't see any of the, um, anything to do with that yeah because i know but, it went huge after this film i think because i think like, say then there was coming to america like the golden child that's it yeah because coming to america is the reason why you don't have eddie murphy in the ghostbusters because he was originally mm-hmm. going to be yes. part of the ghostbusters yeah, he was in the original it, what, john belushi he was, he, yeah yeah um he was an original cast member but because he was doing that and he felt that was actually more important and I kind of get what he means by it. Yeah. He went on, he went down that road, but this is just, it has some of the greatest talent, like Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, as Ophelia. She, she was beautiful she, in that film. Beautiful. Beautiful. And then and you as have, the same um, screen, as soon as she shows a tits, she went legit. <laughs> she went legit. She really did. Um, you have Ralph Bellamy and Dan, I can't pronounce, sorry, Don Akane as the Dukes, mm-hmm. who are also in, um, I think they're in Coming to America. They're oh, on the street and oh. he chucks some money at them. Yeah. And yeah, the, the Dukes are, it's just a brilliant story with some of the greatest cats, like, the quotes to go back on and has one of the most disgusting scenes 
ever put on film when Dan Aykroyd is eating salmon out of his pocket through his Santa Claus beard, I my stomach churns. It is disgusting. Who have you got there? Oh, that's it! <laughs> yes, Santa Lewis! <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so vile. But still does not stop me from watching it. There's some things that you could not get away with today, especially oh. the train scene. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of language used. Like, I think a lot of the 80s films have, like say, even now, like say, I watch it, I think, what was the one I watched not too long ago? It was 48 Hours with again uh, Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. And the language that was used, I, I, see, I was like, wow, this this is even uncomfortable and stuff. And no, different times, different different things. The things they used to get away with in films. I, I, Dan Aykroyd goes full blackface. Yes. Like you can't, you cannot do that now. Oh, not at all. But there is one line in it that I used to, I've probably said more as a kid and got away with it because it came from this film. And it is from um, James Belushi mm -hmm. when he goes, I'm not a gorilla, I'm a fucking monkey. <laughs> or I'm not a monkey, I'm a fucking gorilla, that's it. <laughs> and I probably got away with saying that a lot as a kid because I literally I would wear these tapes down. Yeah. I absolutely cried when um like I say when Eddie Murphy's pushing himself along on his cart and the two yeah. uh, security guards pick him up and his legs come out and he goes, It's a I miracle! Can <laughs> I can walk. It's like, oh it's my word. Like, I, th I think a lot of Eddie Murphy films back then were just absolutely brilliant. Genius. Uh, he's uh, just so funny. Hmm. His, um, his timing is brilliant and his transition yeah. from the Eddie, Val Eddie, Eddie Valiant you see first to the, the rich version of him is <laughs> just night and day. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd is oh. superb in this yeah, film. You hate him at the start. You think, what a poncy little twat. You little <laughs> bastard. Like, you really just want to put your fist through. Is it Winston? Um, oh, I've got his name. Lewis. Lewis. Lewis Winthorpe. Yeah. And his snotty little friends as well, who you just, oh, you. Yeah. But I love it. I just, the transitions between the two of them are just brilliant. And how at the end, where they're vacationing together and oh, i just love i love the fact they got a happy ending yeah that's love what, it because that sold me on dan, dan Aykroyd as an act because you've, you've probably seen him in other roles and you think oh he, he does similar type of things but that's when you saw him doing something completely something completely different. you see but for us that's yes i agree with that but from americans you've got to remember dan Aykroyd. We didn't see that side of him, like, especially the Blues Brothers, as much as it's oh, like one of me, my dad's favourite films, it's not, it's not something that was, that I saw a lot of, yeah. so I didn't see that side of him, mm -hmm. I saw him as Ray, yeah. and I saw him as um, Lewis, and um, that I was the only... What was it, one with John Candy, Summer Vacation as well? Mm -hmm. was... He's also in... Um, Oh my gosh, it's not creep show. Is it creep show? No, it's not. It's um the Twilight Zone, mm -hmm. the 80s Twilight Zone movie that they did. He's right. in that. All right, I've not watched that for <gasps> for a long time. Oh, it is. I I I don't. I, I'm actually shocked I didn't put it on here because it is absolutely phenomenal. 
but the first I remember me and Anth went through a, a, a phase a few years ago watching anthology horror because mm -hmm. again we love anthology horror and we wanted to watch the VHSs because yeah. I think there's about three of them but we started with a Twilight Zone movie and the first one is the Vic Morrow story of where he's a he's an utter racist horrible human being and he gets put into he's, he's in a bar and he's just spewing racist stuff at these men mm -hmm. and as he leaves the bar he goes back to Nazi Germany where he's a Jew like he's put in the worst bits of history mm. that he would be he would be verbally abused over and his life would be you know in tatters and unfortunately it is cut very short because Vic Morrow died mm -hmm. on that film it was directed by John Landis yeah um and it was the the Vietnam scene where he, the helicopter accident but Dan Aykroyd is in the, the film of that. It's I, I think it's um being spoofed on Pee Wee on Pee Wee right. Herman's Great Adventure, where they're in the car and yeah, it's just it's fantastic. You really watch it again. It is phenomenal. Absolutely brilliant. I'll add it to the list, but yeah, um, but Trading Places, uh, but that's up there with like similar type of comedies that I loved at that time. Like what was the other one? Brewster's Millions as well. That similar type of style. Yeah, my, my dad like, loves uh, it. Richard Pryor. Um, that's my dad's style of comedy like and that comedy was huge in our household from television to films and that's like on my dad's level and mm -hmm. then it changed and one of my dad's favorite films is American Pie right, okay. <laughs> it, my dad loves obscure comedy not crude comedy yeah but obscure comedy that's just a little bit different mm -hmm. so that's really what we grew up on like I say, good shout though. That that's probably been my favourite so far. So well done. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> High so, five for me. Right, your next one. Right. So again, a little bit uh, yearly after the my, my last one, nineteen eighty six. This one again, and not sound stupid, but it does make it does break us every time I watch it because I love this film and I love the actors in it. Um, okay, me, I'm just making sure it's not on my list. Go on. <laughs> uh, to me. This is, again, like the Goonies, what I wanted my childhood to be like. I wanted to have friends like this and go on adventures mm -hmm. like they used to do. And mm -hmm. again, like I said, I'm getting a little bit choked up thinking about it because, like I said, it is an emotional film in my eyes just because, like I said, it means that much to us. Uh, it's written, well, it's based on a story by Stephen King, the short oh story God, of the right. body. And the oh, it's is... on my list too! <laughs> And it's 1987, not 1986. It's released, oh, it says 1986 on here. It says 87 on uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> that might have been the UK release date was 1987, but it was actually released in 1986. Uh, that's but, why I was looking on my list, and when you were saying it, I'm like, this is when we were talking earlier. This is the one where I said would break us because it, it's truly and utterly heartbreaking. Problem. Yeah. It is so special. So we'll talk about it because it was on my list as well. Yep. It was one of mine. So dum, I. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> I got sunshine. That's, that's <laughs> the thing we get. Um, I was trying to think of the song that they sing across the railway line. Oh, uh, lollipop, lollipop. Oh, nope. Lollipop. No, 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 it's not. It's, um, oh, God, it's not. Yeah, I was trying to think of that one. 
what it just has an amazing i've even got notes on this one because of how much it actually means to us mm -hmm. this is this is how my i'm not like I'm not looking for a body or anything but this was my childhood i yeah. had a group of friends and we tried to make each day in our summer holidays a different adventure than the last one yeah, we used to go and to, we used to go to riot dean uh, not to look for a dead body but like, no no, no nothing to do with dead bodies but yeah. just that and stephen king is so good at the friendship yeah the, I, like the friendship aspect of the 80s because it meant everything to you i think um like i said we talked about this in the group the other day a lot of stephen king's adaptations have been more successful when they've come from like short stories or yeah uh, not the horror genre like short shank, shank redemption uh the gray mile uh adapt pupil was a good one as well i know it's a little bit less known but it's still a good film i think um i absolutely love Dreamcatcher. one of my favorite stephen king books i know a lot of people will disagree with oh, the book no no really... the book i like the, the film book. i love the book i didn't mind the, the film because again it has that childhood Mm -hmm. 80s childhood feel to it and he that's what he's so good at so yeah. i really do enjoy that part of it i do get the whole alien thing is a bit far-fetched for some people <laughs> but the book is phenomenal yeah like, like, read the book a lot of books is always better like i said i like the tommy knockless book but the tv show jesus christ that was horrendous but for the cast like see when you think about the cast like so we'll go through river phoenix like, see, i know everyone said what he could have been but in that. For what he did, for yeah. what he did in the short time, mm -hmm. and especially playing Chris Chambers, yeah. is one of the most impactful characters on here. And this is one of the notes that I made. I'll get into it now with us bringing, with us going through the mm -hmm. list. The relationship between Chris and Georgie, Geordie, is some of the most beautiful bit of writing mm -hmm. that's ever been put out there. Chris is so brutally honest. Mm -hmm. in who he in with Geordie throughout the whole film and constantly trying he always picks his friend up yeah he wants he knows even though he's, he's there he's, for something better and he's better for what yeah but he knows but Chris knows the background of where he comes from and he knows that what his life's going to be but mm -hmm. that doesn't bother him because Geordie is the one that's going to make it exactly and he wants to make sure that that happens and he is constantly picking up like johnny's going through something that thankfully not a lot of us have experienced in losing a sibling yeah john Cusack um, brother, yeah he? it was with his brother and will wheaton who i still can't wrap my head <laughs> around that that is that is him but yeah. he was and i'm a huge fan of will wheaton right like now like i've followed mm -hmm. will wheaton for years yeah. and he is going through a lot at the moment he's come out publicly on his relationship with his parents mm -hmm. um, and and he was taught he was saying on facebook the other day that a lot of the emotion he was feeling with his parents at the time because he was mentally abused by them and mm -hmm. um, in a business where he didn't he didn't need it at the, he really didn't need it um, and he he put all of that emotion into one of the it's the, the scene where he breaks down mm -hmm. and it just thinking about it just breaks me hard on what i know now of will wheaton yeah. going back and watching it again. but their relationship is just it's solid yeah because like say you wanted a friend like that you knew he would always have his back and like even mm -hmm. like say, the older uh, when it was richard uh 
Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Uh, and he was writing about in ten, like you say, I think the famous line last words was like, "Yeah, I never had friends like that ever again and stuff." Mm-hmm. Um, and he was telling like what, like the bit that get, always gets me as well is when all after the the events and all four friends go off in their own directions and it tells you a little bit what happens to them. Yeah. And the fact that Chris Chambers got out. He made something mm-hmm. of his life, and that was absolutely brilliant. And to see how he died again, it was Chris Chambers' type of like thing, friendship stepping in, trying to do the right thing. Yeah, and that always that trying was, to always trying to make sure that the right thing was because Chris, like how honest and like brutally honest he was, because he was accused, wasn't he, of yeah. stealing money? Yeah, and he just didn't even fight because who they're going to believe, a kid or a teacher. And that exactly. he, he, even then he had the re- realisation of, like I said, just because of who his parents were, which mm-hmm. a lot of kids and stuff will probably score through, that yeah, reputations just... that they haven't even deserved. Exactly. They, just, they carried on from their parents and he was so, he was just, he was more grown up than what he <clears throat> should have been. Yeah. But I think Geordie really needed that. Yeah. He, the parents were the parents give up on him though because they weren't he wasn't yeah. he wasn't the brother it he wasn't, wasn't the, it wasn't the brother yeah no, no he was a little weirdo writer who yeah. loved writing short stories and he just couldn't relate like, it was like uh, like america at the time because it was like see when it was set because it was a rah-rah football uh, basketball yeah. go to college be amazing like say writers and stuff when he come out being like I say, being pushed, like I say, when they're a little bit older as well. And again, going back to the, the, the four of them, like I say, the other two, like Corey Feldman, who again Pretty, was quintessential the 80s kid. Any 80s film that was that was worth its uh, salt had Corey Feldman in, in a way. Because he was, because he was, he, he, there's a lot of things you can say about Corey Feldman in his adult life. Yeah. But that, that kid can act. Yes. He had some he like, put, talent it, there. He did, Teddy, Teddy Deschamps, was that yeah. him? Yeah, but with them big was, glasses. Yeah, he always wanted to go in the army to be like his dad, who his dad was, like I say, quite abusive towards him. Um, like, there's a story when he burnt his ear in the oven, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like I say, that's the thing that stopped him from actually getting in the army as well uh, yeah. when he was older. And uh, um, the unrecognizable Jerry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that the most unrecognizable <laughs> character in there, or actor, sorry, Jerry O'Connell is mm. Vern Tessio, and yeah, I love him. He's an absolute gobshite, but I absolutely love him. You've got a friend like that. I probably I'm was that. Friend. Really, Vern, because like I say, I know when I was younger, younger, I was always the skinny kid, but like I say, as I got a little bit older, I started getting a bit tubby. Um, and like I say, I was always the one that was getting picked on by everyone and and stuff like that. Or even in the friends group, I was the one that was always pushed to the back and stuff. So I quite related Aww. to Bert. Um, wanting to always be the cool kid and like say stand up, probably still am now, but to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, like I say, each one of them brought something to the role, to the friendship group that each of them needed. And yeah. um, like I say, you could relate so hard to them. And like you say, some of the lines in it as well, it's like, some of the quotable things here, uh, like your cheap dime store hood and uh, suck, suck my, my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. <laughs> we, and we forgot the most, uh, probably the biggest name at the time, and that's saying something when you've got River Phoenix in the film, but Keith the Sutherland yeah. is Ace um, Merritt, yeah. the bad guy in it. And, and Keith the Sutherland does do good bad guys. 
<laughs> yes, very, very much so. He was fantastic in this. He looked the 50s grease bag, dirt bag, horrible, yeah. like, oh, he just, he, he looked the part so I much. I'm really cheesy, but when you looked at him and like looked him up to down in his eyes, you saw he had danger. Like, see, so you knew that he mm -hmm. could snap and you didn't want to ever see him snap because you thought no. it would be dangerous. Yeah, um, reminded us so much of the character from It and um, yes. Henry, what's his face? Yeah, uh, reminded us so much of him. Mm -hmm. Like, look-wise, how I would expect them both to be. There yeah. was no repercussions in their, like, in their life. They just did what they wanted. Mm -hmm. um, very much, very much similar. But again, it's Stephen King, so it's going to be. And yeah. also the director of this is Rob Reiner. Yeah. Yeah, very um, the cast have nothing but lovely things to say. I have watched, in, I went through a River Phoenix phase of just watching, I just wanted to know more about them. Mm -hmm. And I went through the, a YouTube rabbit tunnel of mm -hmm. um, River Phoenix interviews, but also afterwards, and it was yeah. the cast of Stand By Me reflecting back yeah. on how he was to work with. And they said like, between Chris and River, not a lot of difference. Yeah. You can understand that because, like, say, I, I, I don't think any of the actors, like, say, then would have been playing too far away from like their own personalities. But, like, say, the standout scenes as well, like, the scenes in this film that when you've watched it live with you, like, the whole story mm -hmm. scene when they're talking about Lardas is the most mm -hmm. disgusting, but you're cheering at the end because, yeah, it's it's hilarious, it's hilariously done. And again, it'll give you nightmares as well. The whole um, leech scene in the swamp that's just horrifying <laughs> so the, I am like as I said I am a huge fan of Will Wheaton and his oldest friend is Chris Hardwick who mm -hmm. you will know from The Talking Dead and he has his own podcast show which was once called Nerdist which is now called Idiot or something like that but when it was Nerdist he did a sit down with Will Wheaton they've been friends since they were ch like not children but probably mm -hmm. teenagers they ended up living together at one point in their life and they've just constantly been in each other's life and still are today. Mm -hmm. And he's, and Will was given stories of Stand By Me and one of them was the leech scene. Right. So when they did the leech scene, they were actually given time off. They said there was, in the town that they were in, there was a, um, like a swim park next yeah. to them. And they were, this, they were told after the leech scene because of how disgusting it was, you can all go off to the park Mm -hmm. But you can't take the leeches off because we need to come back and we need to know where they are. And and they ended up going with all this disgusting stuff on and their leeches and they weren't allowed in. And it was, he says it was heartbreaking. But the torture, like Chris Hardwick tortures to this day, Will Wheaton was stand by me. He says once they went into a diner and it had like, it was the old 50s diner where it has the jukebox on the yeah. table. And they put nearly um, fifteen dollars worth of money into that jukebox to constantly play "Stand oh. By Me" <laughs> over and over and over. Oh. Again. To be fair though, I would love that though. Like, say, imagine being in something so iconic that even yeah. in the next, I would say, in the good in the near fifty years, because even when we watch it now, it's aged well. It's there's no there's no need for special no. effects. There's no, like I say, there's no camera camera trickery. It is just, like I say, a beautiful story done well. And again, 
trying not to get too emotional because like say it reminds us of being a kid and like say hanging yeah. about with friends and stuff some of my friends aren't around now because of like say choices and stuff but mm-hmm. it, it brings you back it makes you feel like a kid again and like there's yeah. not many films out there that does that so well it reminds you it, it certainly for me it reminds me a lot of my childhood because I, like i say i had a group of friends mm-hmm. and every day was a different way of doing something different from the day before but staying within where we lived yeah. like we have um where i live is an old coal mine mm-hmm. it's not a coal mine anymore <laughs> because <laughs> my mother lives there <laughs> but and there's a lot more houses there but at the time yeah. it was just it was just mass of land mm-hmm. that led like for us as children led nowhere like it, there was yeah. no end to it and we would constantly be like we would come back scruffy we had we have nothing but fields a lot of fields where i'm from yeah and that, that's all we did we would get on our bikes we would just go and do daft adventures and they that didn't make sense to anyone else but completely made sense to us and yeah. that was it was some of the most special times like this is why i'm i was a kid of the outdoors i didn't see in much i was always outside always on my bike growing up in the so, northeast we've been quite lucky and blessed with like say what we've had around us like say we've got the coastline there's farmers fields from there i kind of know a lot of it's going away now but like say this yeah well that's like my that's, well. that's where i live like where my mum and dad live now is a field that I used to knock around with and on a as a kid, yeah. and run in and out of the cows, not harass them. No, back then we were allowed to just wander off. Where now I couldn't, not now. Which is a, which is a sorry state of affairs. But I remember going out like seven o'clock in the morning during the summer holidays, yeah. meeting with friends, even on the bikes or walking going for walks for like an hour and a half to get like like say just certain area like and mm-hmm. we used to even like nothing go hay baling as well like uh build yeah like we old farmer fields when they've cut the hay we used to get all the crap mm-hmm. and could make jumps and stuff jesus we used to jump at least 10 foot off get off <laughs> off anything just to, on these good hay bales could have brought would, you, would, you <laughs> would travel for hours to get somewhere that had nothing there mm-hmm. to just be with your friends yeah, and, and, just, that's and, this, and that's what this film reminds us of, and mm-hmm, very I'm, much. And again, I'll always go back to it, and like I say, I don't think I'll ever not love this film. No, I totally agree. It has it. It just got a, It's got a warm feeling to it, even mm-hmm. though it's like it has some really sad moments, like Dark things that kids right. shouldn't have to be dealing with. Yeah. Um, it still has such a warm feeling to it mm-hmm. that just. I don't know, it just makes your heart just a, a little bit more bigger. <laughs> it's a lot it's, less icier. Yeah, the way I would probably describe it as well, it's a darker version of the Goonies, but with more feeling, if that makes sense. Because I love the Goonies. Gonna, yeah. I, I love the Goonies. You, you cannot not, not love the Goonies. But if I'm putting both of them, hmm. I'm going to pick Stand By Me. Because right. that's that's more realistic Yeah, more adult to me. Yeah. It's just more realistic to me and how I grew up. And... Hmm. Uh, I just I, 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 I see more of me in that than I do the Goonies. Yes, no. I'm a chicken uh, shit. I probably wouldn't walk <laughs> on a ship and and do what they did. Yeah. But with Stand by Me, I would I would travel, Lovely. God knows how long, to go and find that body. And the most famous thing of all, which we haven't even talked about, 
Uh, train Dodge. That scene was absolutely brilliant as well. Train. When Cern see Fern crawling, you're like, why the fuck are you on your knees? Get up. <laughs> you're just screaming at the telly for him to go on, just move. just Or jump to the side. <laughs> <laughs> There's water. It's, I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> it's, it's Prometheus all over again. I screamed so hard at that film when them two were running from that cylinder thing that's going like that. Mm-hmm. They're running from it. Just walk to the side. See, Raider's got it right. Put a small cave, boulder. Nowhere to go afterwards. <laughs> well done, you did it right. <laughs> Stand by me is a probably would have been the second off last film I picked of my list if you yeah. hadn't picked it, because it was it was one that you could you you could talk for hours mm-hmm. on how this film made you feel and how it's still to like heading into the age group that we are. Yeah, still makes you feel today. So definitely good good choice. So what that was your number That was my three. number three. So, so that was my number three. three. Yes. So you can go next. Okay. So let's have a look. Uh, do, do, do. So there's one I'm leaving till last just because Yeah, I, I've got one leaving till last as well. <laughs> um this one again it's a late eighties one as well, which I thought a lot of mine were gonna be a very early eighties. Um mm. 1988. I'm just going to check oh, okay. the year release. Yeah, 1988 Christmas. Right. Time. Okay. Um, I didn't get it when I first watched it. I, I admit, like I say, one of these films I watched, and I thought, oh, I didn't really like that. When I watched it when I was a bit older, because even though it's got uh, this will give it away, cartoon elements to it. It's quite a dark oh, okay. film. It's quite Ooh, sinister. It's not mine. But um, it's not one of mine. It was, um, like I said, directed by. Robert Zemeckis, uh, starring oh. Bob Hopkins and Christopher Lloyd. Oh, and, such a good uh, Someone who doesn't know, uh, Charles Felicia done the voice of a certain Roger Rabbit. Uh, but yes, but who framed Roger Rabbit of every teenage boy's wet dream of Jessica Rabbit as Jessica well? Jessica Rabbit, who yes. was played by the uncredited Kathleen Turner. Yes. She was not credited at doing that voice, but that is definitely her. All right, she is credited oh. now, so she is now, but she was. If you're going back and watch the film, she's mm-hmm. not credited in it at all. And I don't know if that was her choice, but to keep mm-hmm. that mysterious, um, but she's not credited in it originally. What an amazing choice! Didn't even cross the radar, <laughs> if all honest. But my <laughs> before you get into it, when I was a kid, my dad used to work with a barman and they used to hold charity events quite a lot and it was fancy dress char- like charity events mm-hmm. I went to sh- one year as a cheerleader next year as She-Ra which was mint but my dad <laughs> went as Roger Rabbit wow have you got any photos of that I actually do I'll have to pull them out but um, yes we have photographic evidence that my dad was Roger Rabbit so right. it was huge in our house it is probably still the film that still freaks my sister out the most Yes, it, it's scary. It, for a, it is really it, scary. Christopher Lloyd, you don't expect this. Judge Doom is absolutely nightmare fuel. And that's like, I, said, I think that's one of the reasons I didn't like it when I was a kid because it terrified us. And when it they didn't scare dip, me. The, dip the, car, the cartoon characters into the dip. That made that, us sad. It yeah. still makes us sad. That and you never found out what type of animal Judge Doom was. 
No, you do not. He was a tomb, though, wasn't he? He when was he a was... tomb because he killed uh, Eddie Valance's brother. Because mm-hmm. he had the big eyes and the squeaky voice. And he talked just like, like this. this. Yeah. <laughs> Should that bit, it's that, it's when um, Doom gets killed. That really scared my sister as a kid. I think what confuses us as well, because it was a mixture between Looney Tunes, so Warner Brothers and Disney must have done a deal to share the share the properties so. and stuff. Because like I said, mm-hmm. there's Disney characters in there. Um, when it gets to Toontown, when Eddie Valance chasing like say the killer down and stuff, um, that's when it starts getting really sinister for me. When he's like going up the building, and you think he's getting chased by that uh, Jessica, but it's not. It's that crazy woman, my man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he jumps out the building, he's like flying, you get like uh, bugs and uh, and Mickey Mouse with a parachute and gives him the audio we've got a spare and it ends up being a spare tire. But yeah, yeah. it is it's, it's Mickey and it's Mickey and Bugs, the two major ones of each franchise, like together. Yeah, which you never crazy. thought you would see and like see it. I know they do it all the time now, but the mixture of live action and cartoon wasn't heavily done. I think like say the first time it was done well, like say I say well was probably Mary Poppins. Um and yeah, and the, the time of when Mary Poppins was done is very different mm-hmm. to, to when like, Roger Rabbit was done, but yeah. it it is done with perfection. Like mm-hmm. and Bob Hoskins sells oh, everything. Yeah. Like how hard must that have been for him to work with nothing? Yes. And even like say the practical effects they use for like the thing when Roger goes through the glass and mm-hmm. the thing and you see it actually come out and it's like I know the showed you how it was done but just to think of a way how to do that and make it look authentic mm-hmm. without like say CGI and stuff like that. CGI was not huge like it no. was they could they could overlay the cartoon onto the film because yeah. that's really what cartoons were back then just an overlay on top of another picture Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that hard for them to do it that way, but they didn't have the CGI. Like, imagine if that was done now. How I bad it would it look. I wouldn't love no, it. No, I, I, think... I think it would look awful. Yeah. Because they would have done they it in 3D. They would have done, like, Detective Pikachu style. I really like that film. I don't like the film, but I just don't think Robert... Ra- uh, Robert... Robert... Uh, uh, <laughs> Roger Rabbit would have worked as well. Like No. And, <clears throat> the elements to certain characters in it as well like you find yourself loving the cartoons more than the live action like uh, the taxi what was the taxi driver the taxi called um, oh I need a list up because there's so many yeah. um, so many involved in it it's not just the car the bullets yeah yes like it's in all cowboy bullets uh, and it's good oh Eddie we haven't seen you in a while <laughs> <laughs> It got 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. But like, say, even, uh, even the weasels, the weasels were scary <gasps> as well. I love the weasels. I love how they talk. <coughs> yeah, Mobsters, mobster-esque. Very. So we've got um, um, not a lot of names that would make any Oh my God, the baby, baby Herman. Baby Herman, yes, because that—that's what started it off. When I watched it, like the beginning bits, like a cartoon out of, uh, uh, as you would say, like Tom and Jerry style, where Roger's trying to protect the baby, and then 
when he gets a fridge dropped on him, he gets the wrong type of animal that goes around his head. So they got their head yeah. well cut. Um, that that was just so bizarre oh. for me. Okay, so Mel, um, as you would expect, Mel Blanc does the voice of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Tweety Pie, you know, mm -hmm. his voices. Yeah. What I didn't know is one Nancy Cartwright mm -hmm. voiced the shoe. All right. The tune shoe. shoe. Wow, did not know that. Yeah. Um, but you can imagine a lot of the, like, there's a lot of names in here that we won't... It, we won't know because we wouldn't. We, yeah. Why? Why would we know that? Like you know, Mel Blanc because because yeah. you're all Looney Tunes. There's a lot of names in here that you wouldn't recognise because yeah. they are voice actors. Yeah. Um, but the thing I love yeah. about, um, like I said, the aspect like it was such a weird film choice because it was almost like a film noir type aspect with the private who did it. Um, and trying to work out, but done in like with Carter and Way, but mm -hmm. also, like I say, quite scary. Like I, I loved it as well when uh, Daffy and Bugs, like when they're doing the performance <laughs> and they're yeah. that famous Carter. No, it was Daffy and Donald, wasn't it? Daffy and Donald. It was. It was Daffy uh, and Donald. It was yeah. Disney versus uh, uh, Looney Tunes. And, like I, said, I absolutely adored that aspect. But like I said, I had a bouncer as a gorilla in a monkey suit. <laughs> so many jobs that you probably didn't get. Are they? And like contracts on disappearing in Invisible Ink as well. It's just a classic whodunit. Yeah. Set in the 50s, mm -hmm. which is just a perfect era for me. Like, I love the aesthetic. I love the costumes. Yeah. I love the music. I was totally born in the wrong time and in the wrong place because our 50s was nothing in comparison to <laughs> American. Because yeah. in America, the 50s was was all, it was futuristic. Mm -hmm. Like what we class as vintage now was very futuristic for them. Yeah. And I, I love that era. It was very all bright colours as well. Everything had to be like mm -hmm. uber bright and vibrant. And yeah. Stuff. Pastel colours that were clean and tidy and oh, it was in my old place that was, was like cat kitchen shop so <laughs> that was well that was my kitchen in my old house not now though because it has no theme whatsoever but in my old one everything was pastel colors pastel mm. pinks pastel blues so and all my because i'm a i collect tea sets all my vintage tea sets were out yeah so we collect some strange stuff as well like yeah. <laughs> tea sets is what yeah i'm not i haven't collected tea sets for a long time mugs on the other hand is still i collect a lot of mugs a lot cool so that was I my pick who framed roger rabbit uh, that is perfect i didn't even when thinking of what i was going to pick it didn't even cross my mind and it, I, it is one of the greatest films ever made hmm. I it's, love a it. good, it's, it's a proper feel-good film as well. As you said, everyone gets a happy ending. Uh, yeah. Like the thing that's a bit weird is Jessica getting with uh, Roger Rabbit, but again, it's a cartoon. <laughs> exactly. And she sees more than just looks with him. He's, he's huh. not just a rabbit to her. I it love makes her laugh. Like I say, when they take the photographs of it as well, it's not, like I say, a sex scene in the plain patty cake, patty cake. <laughs> <laughs> it's genius. Yeah. Absolute genius. Right, so my next one, this one, that I, this is one that I really think that you could have picked. Right. It's from 1989. Mm -hmm. It's directed by Joe Dante. Mm -hmm. 
It has one of the greatest lines ever, even if I have said this a million times today, where it's, I want to kill everyone, Satan is good, Satan is my pal. It's the Burbs! Burbs, what a film. Tom Hanks at his best. What a film! <laughs> I absolutely... And Corey Feldman again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I didn't want to say it because I was like, I'll, I'll, I'm going to... I'm going to keep me cards to my chest here on this one. But one fact I found out today, which blew my mind, mm-hmm. Walter's dog, Queenie, yeah. is the same dog from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> so, it's a, so it's a famous dog now as well. It's a famous doggy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Oh. So yes, Queenie is the dog from so Silence now, of the so Lambs. So it's a horror dog as well, because I, I would class the burps as a horror film, mate. Well, I, it's it's a com it's a comedy horror, which is not yes. a lot like, but it's done good. Yeah. Because there's a lot of horrors that could be classed as a comedy that are not really no. meant to be. No. But this is, I mean, this is Tom Hanks, and he's like, yeah. I see this was thing. this was on this is one of the rules I made. Tom Hanks had to be in <laughs> my list, oh. and it was which film do I pick? And yeah. the Burbs was one of them because that line. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is my pal. Is actually something I will get tattooed on me very soon <laughs> because I love it so much. The, the actor who played um, Art was Rick Dunham. Yeah. And unfortunately, Rick's not with us anymore. He died not long after. Was it not long after? Was it in the 90s? Well, late 90s, but he passed away. And he was such a talent. So funny. Like, yeah. you think this is a Tom Hanks film? It's not. Um, it's his. He yeah. owns everything, every scene in him. It's got Bruce Dern in it. Carrie Fisher um, is absolutely stunning as well. I love Carrie Fisher in this film. Carrie Fisher's in it. Um, Bruce Dern is in it, which is the father of Laura Dern. Yeah. He is fantastic. He reminds me so much of the dad from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That yes. I generally thought they were the same yeah. person, and they're yeah. not. <laughs> Very much not. But the same. But I love the Yeah. <laughs> He's like almost like a, a Doc Brown type of aspect to him as well. He's like got the manic craze in his eyes. But yep. where they like start a, kind of like a witch hunt on this new family that on this in. family. And yeah, because the, to the, show the that how like rumors start and these close knit uh, things. And I just I love Corey Feldman's character in it where he just like he's just sitting there and saying, "Oh, what are you watching? We've got to watch all these houses just to see uh, yeah. what's, what's this, going yeah, on. Stop watching TV. Watch these. These are these are, these fuckers are mental. <laughs> but Rick Rick Dunham and Tom Hanks together are brilliant. They, it's. I was thinking earlier today. It's almost like I don't know if you've seen a Secret Window with um, Jimmy Stewart. Yes. Jimmy Stewart? Was it Hitchcock? Wasn't it? Oh, my, I told you. It was. Yeah. No, no, this Hitchcock film. Yeah. Um, it reminded us a little bit of that because it's looking from the outside into the weird or looking from the outside into the unusual which is what he did and putting two together and getting something completely different but in their case they were actually right the whole time yeah they just went (laughs) they got the right aspects but they got the wrong person who they thought they killed yeah (laughs) and i just i was oh yeah walter wasn't it i was the thought this is walter (laughs) (laughs) they get the big bone out oh really cut it as I proper tickled um, it. I'm just trying to think but as well. End- I, I always made us like a little bit sick in my mouth was when the guy with the bad teeth and the ginger hair peel comes mm-hmm. in the room. 
sardine. <laughs> <laughs> and the sardines are like, and they're all trying to be really polite. <laughs> yeah, because the wives oh. are like, because like I say, the wives are always trying to be a bit sensible, like saying, oh, well, we'll, we'll try and be friends with them and stuff like that. Yes. But, uh, yes, the well, ending though, I, I remember watching, I only watched this a few years ago. Really? It's not oh, something that, yeah, weird, it's yeah. not. I pretend my parents, have, my parents are going to watch this and think I've watched loads of weird stuff as a child. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, if I only watched it a few years ago, and I remember at the at the end when he's in the ambulance, and I'm like, I took the deep breath with him, and I'm like, oh, it's over. It was all a big misunderstanding, and then that little guy shows up and just <laughs> just totally blows away. Wasn't he in an episode of Buffy? I think all. I'm sure in loads he of different in... stuff because he was in quite loads of sinister things. He always reminded us of uh, the dungeon master from uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon. He always had that kind of look to him. Oh yeah, totally. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean. He was always but, in loads, yeah. like yeah, he's been in loads of eighties films and I think early nineties stuff as well. Like, uh, but it's one of those people that you don't really notice or know about. Like, he's never really been a big name actor type thing. No, I'm sure. He is in an episode of Buffy, or even like a see, like something to do with the key. Or I could be completely making this up. Um, I'm just gonna see if I can find him. Henry Gibson is the the actor's name. Mm -hmm. He looks. Oh, he's dead. Well, to be fair, well, you're wrong there because he died. He was seventy three when he died, and that was in two thousand and nine. Oh, he, right. looked old. he looked older than he was. He's in Gremlins 2, yeah, which I've never seen. Yeah. Um, da, 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 television, television, television. He is, oh my God, he's, he's a television actor because his yeah. credentials are so long. Come on, where's Buffy? Oh, he's in Charmed. Is that what I'm thinking of? Possibly, because I can't remember him in Buffy, but I never watched Charm, to be honest, it wasn't for me. Oh, that might be where I'm getting mixed up. It must have been, because he's definitely not on the Buffy list. It must have been Charmed. Yeah. But he was a creepy, sinister man, and even just small, yeah. quiet. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that's freaky. Like, you expect it from the ginger guy. That, that thing was all the others, like, in the household, like, the old, old grandfather looked... Um, like I say, it was like an eagle, and the, the weird ginger guy with a bad teeth. He just looked like he'd never seen sunlight in, in America. <laughs> um, but he, like, see, when he came in, he was a doctor, and it was like, when he explained everything away, and they were like, see, and then all of them felt a bit stupid. But Tom Hanks still mm -hmm. knew, Tom Hanks still knew. And um, trying to think as well, a bit that, like, say, I still love is when they're not on the door originally and the flies come out. And starts attacking them, and they start getting chased around the street because <laughs> these flies or bees are attacking them. But, I really think I'm going to watch the Burbs tonight. I uh, just, I absolutely love it, and mm. it, Rick Dunham just really makes his belly laugh. Yeah. But Tom Hanks is an absolute treasure, mm. um, and but these were the films like what Tom like Tom Hanks went out and make some very serious yeah. and. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't think back then because I can say what was it his first was like Bachelor Night uh, well he was a TV actor to start with um, another if, if, another episode of the Nerdist podcast which is now Idiot or whatever it's called Tom Hanks the first the first time Tom Hanks is on there and he talks all about his early days yeah. um, of television and 
then going on to do a splash and bachelor oh, party. Um, he yeah. doesn't really talk about the birds. And then he's he's more see because I think Philadelphia might oh, have been his most most yeah with, uh, with the, the first serious, and that's I think that's where he, his acting ability changed. Mm-hmm. Not I don't think he, he wasn't. He probably's always had it. That's when people start taking him a bit more serious. Yes, because uh-huh, he was a comedy actor. That's what he did. He did comedy films, and then um, Philadelphia the comes that, along. Um, of Cheers, um, the Money Pit, I used to love as well. Yes. Uh, probably seen it as as younger just nothing I, I don't think I could ever remember it but yeah Philadelphia was like the turning point of holy shit this guy can really act and Philadelphia <laughs> is one of it I can only watch it like it's not I love watching it but I break my yeah. heart it's not it's a, a, it's, it's, it's the last scene yeah it's, it's a hard film to watch but if you're a Tom Hanks fan it's, it's a must well Catching up with Tom Hanks lately, I love his interviews and he seems like a genuine nice guy. And there's not many people in Hollywood, mm-hmm. like they, you always say, never meet your heroes, but I would love to meet Tom Hanks. So I think there was a story in the, uh, I read, he just happened to walk upon a wedding and these people were, mm-hmm. that's Tom Hanks. So they got him involved in the wedding and had him in all the wedding photos and he stayed around for a couple of hours because he was having such a good time. Well, he he told he tells a story on Nerdist about um, an old because he's a typewriter collector. Mm-hmm. He collects type old vintage typewriters, and an old woman found out and wrote him a letter and said, um, <laughs> he does it in her voice, which is hilarious. Like, Dear Mr. Hanks, <laughs> um, and she says, my grandson's going off to college. I've got a vintage typewriter here. You know, I you know I want to put some money towards his college mm-hmm. tuition. Um, would you be interested? And he wrote her back and said, yeah, absolutely. Let's arrange it to go down. Goes down to meet her and she's there. He's saying, he looks at the typewriter, he knows what he's looking for, he knows the, the worth of it. And he says, I'll give you $500. And she went, well, I was really looking for a thousand because my son's going off to grand, my, like my, my grandson's going off to college. And he went, done. Didn't even, didn't, he just went, fine. Yeah. Fine, I'll do it. Because he's just such a nice, nice guy yeah. um there is not a lot that that man can do wrong in yeah. my eyes and the burbs is something i really wish i really wish i found younger, younger. but yeah. i'm just glad i found it just the only thing i would i would suggest i know you're saying you can't do any wrong just don't watch cloud atlas that's all i'm saying never seen it. <laughs> so you'll never, you'll never have a bad film with tom hanks if you keep uh Keep, keep that one off the list. It's a weird. Sometimes you've just got to be a bit adventurous, and it may not land. Mm. But I've but, not seen it, so it does not uh, exist to me. <laughs> well, when you think of like say all the classic roles, like say there's Castaway, the one you speak with Wilson, uh, even the Terminal. I love. I think it's such a quaint, uh, it's beautiful, it's film. lovely, and yeah. um, the Green Mile is one of my oh. favourites. I could quite easily just on a horrible, crappy day just do nothing but lay in bed and watch The Green Mile because I right. love it. I still, <laughs> I still cry so much. Yeah. It is one of my favourite Stephen King books as well. It's probably the first Stephen King book I ever read. Yeah. I found it in Waterstones and it was one of the first times that have been published in its entirety because mm-hmm. The Green Mile is actually, um, it was wrote originally for newspapers and he used to just do a chapter a week oh, in like right. a newspaper. Oh, and yeah, and the green. It was one of the first times it's been published in its entirety as an actual, like in your hand book. Um, and it was years ago I bought it, read it, 
straight away, which is not like me. I'm not a, a fiction reader. I struggle a lot with it, but I could not put that one down. Cool. It's brilliant. Oh, good. So there we go. I think I'll be this, this time with all the choices because I can see a <laughs> I think you've thought about them a little bit more, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> Next, my last one. Yeah. You might get a shock, actually. There's no way you've got this on your list. So, what's your last You've just picked the burps, so it's mine. No, no, I'm saying, is this your last one, though? Oh, yeah, it's my last one now. Yeah, right. right. So, again, a lot of people probably will disagree with this, but. I absolutely love this film. I've watched this film so many times now. It's from 1986. Mm -hmm. uh, it, starred, it stars one of the biggest, I would say, action uh, of the 80s and probably 90s, early 90s. He's still going now, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. his children uh, are acting. Uh, we've just recently watched, we recently reviewed one of his uh, one of his children in a film, in, in something, well, in a show. Um, the director was John Carpenter. And it was the first one, East Met West, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh my God, I have only seen this once and it wasn't that long ago and it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cheesiest film you'll ever see, that, but it's just entertaining. It's fun. It's, it's um, right. It's got some beautiful colouring in it. Like if oh, you're yes. weird like me and look for the colours in films, it's got some beautiful colours, some beautiful costume. Isn't Kim Cattrall in this? Yeah, Kim Cattrall was in it with a girl that shows a girl with green eyes. And she looked absolutely stunning in it as well. Um, Kurt Russell absolutely was a badass as Jack Burton and had some of the best lines just by quoting saying Jack Burton says this or good uh, old Jack Burton and the Pork Chop Express uh, is his truck that he used to drive which was was just entertaining enough and even though the story's a bit weak it's uh, I'll, I'll be honest there uh, it's not the greatest in story wise where uh, bad uh, Asian triad um, <laughs> organisation steals, steals women go and steal his truck because he's not bothered about the women he's just bothered about his truck and his money um and it turns into like a supernatural fight between good and evil where um Lo Pan is the bad guy James Hong who plays every bad Asian guy uh, I think in, in the 80s <laughs> and also um trying to think his name now Victor Wong who played Egg Shen who was also in one of my favorite films Tremors <coughs> as the good wizard and uh, but it's also like say I'm talking about in a Western action film, but it was also crossed between, like, say, martial arts. And at the time, I think it was a big craze when a lot of martial art films was coming into like more Western films. I think, like, say, we had mm -hmm. End of the Dragon, um, maybe a few years earlier. But like, say, that was the big craze back then. But this is the first one I watched and thought this was just absolutely real. typical John Carpenter. The soundtrack was absolutely <coughs> killer. And it also brought a bit of monsters in as well. There was also this weird <coughs> monster that never really got explained about Chinese mythology and stuff, but I might have <coughs> got that wrong, so I apologise if I upset anyone there. <laughs> but, uh, but yes. And but, I didn't uh, think when you said John Carpenter and you said, and I knew you were going down the Kurt Russell mm -hmm. Avenue, or you were going to say The Thing? The Thing. I say I like The Thing. I think The Thing's a I scary film. I know a lot of people love it, but... For me, I can I couldn't watch the thing any any moment where 
now I can yeah. get that out and that's what our big tub in Little China and, and like I say it, it entertains you when you want a film to entertain you and you'll laugh you'll cheer you'll you'll it'll keep you on the edge of the seat for a lot of things but <laughs> it's got a, like ability factor I think a lot of the 80 films do yeah and not, not many films that exist. it has a bit of soul for it which is weird when you talk about films like this you you feel when you watch these things it might be just because it's like from my era and I remember watching as a kid and thinking this is the craziest thing I've ever seen and again this is before CGI there's a lot of practical effects used in this you see people jumping through the sky doing somersaults and flying about a lot of the cut scenes we used was quite um, dramatic shall we say but uh, the bad guys in it using like the elements thunder uh, rain and lightning um, was also quite good as well but yes yeah, like I say, I've watched it once. It wasn't that long ago. Um, it, from what I remember, it's just very bright, very vibrant. Mm-hmm. I don't think people associate John Carpenter with music, but he is actually a musician. Mm-hmm. He still tours with his band today. Yeah. So I could not imagine the soundtrack not being killer mm-hmm. for him. Um, Curvisal is just he's a god. <laughs> That's all I can say about the man. He is a god. He comes across as such a genuinely nice person. He's another one like Tom Hanks, genuinely nice person who did some of the best films in the 80s. And even like now, like he's still like fantastic in Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm only saying that because it's the most recent one I can think of. But And he got, he's the, and he got to be with Gordy Horn as well, which is not a bad thing. So he's a lucky man, a very lucky man. And I can't believe we'll have mentioned any Gordy Horn films from the 80s as well. That's, I know, I know. <laughs> well, I, t- I, t- I did... I did have Overboard right. on as a backup. Yeah. Because um, my number five slot was always like, I need to, uh, I'm not too sure where to go with this. Yeah. Um, and Overboard was one of them. Mm-hmm. Them two together is just magic. magic you can yeah. understand how their relationship is, is gone the distance without marriage being involved. Yeah. There's no marriage on the table for them two. They've never been married to each other. No. They have Wyatt, um, the Wyatt, yeah. That the, yeah, they have Wyatt together, and he took on Kate, Kate and Oliver, and oh. Oliver Hudson as yeah. well. He's just he's just a stand-up guy who makes stand-up films. Mm. Well, like I said, it's fantastic. About, like, you mentioned the thing, escaped, uh, escape from New York, and escape to LA. Um, again, never not- seen it. <laughs> I think earlier was a bit. Was that the second one? I'm trying to think now. Uh, but again, Overboard, absolutely brilliant film. Like one of the so ones good. that nearly made the list, but um, I got cut off quite early. But um, when I, I know you know you think of like you say action films and stuff like that, but he, he starred in so many films. When you think of it, like say with Kurt Russell, and he was mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not ashamed to say he was a good looking bloke back in the day. <laughs> oh my god! Even now, mm-hmm. he's he is so handsome, but he was. You tell you what, he's the best looking Santa Claus I've ever seen. Wowza, is he? <laughs> that, was, that was just brilliant. That yeah. even Nick, <laughs> even Nick, who did, who's, like, say she watched the Santa Claus film and she was like, oh, she looked engrossed. I mean, what are you watching for? She went, Santa's beautiful. <laughs> it just, it just makes you look at Santa in a whole different light, and you start questioning yourself, and then you realise who it is, and you're like, it's okay, it's yeah. fine. I always said to answer when we were watching it, I was like, because Mick Foley. Um, he's a huge into Christmas. Like he yeah. has his own Christmas route, and I was like, wouldn't it have been lovely if it was Mick Foley <laughs> playing 
there. Santa Claus. And then, it might have been. Uh, and, and <laughs> can it stop me questioning what I'm feeling right now over Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> but again, you're talking about action films as well. One of the ones, like say again, could have been on the list but missed off was Tango and Cash. Uh, Stallone and uh, Kurt Russell again. It was right after. Oh, I have seen the, that one. The buddy yes, movies I have seen they got. That one. Yeah, I think *Lethal Weapon* and stuff came out. But again, there's so many different films I could have added to my list. Like, just to give you examples, like the ones that just had to get cut off because I couldn't add them was like *Labyrinth*, *Breakfast Club*, *Beetlejuice*. Things. Beetlejuice. I, I didn't pick because I thought you would. I'm even wearing my Beetlejuice T-shirt, and I really <laughs> thought you would pick it. But then I was like, I'm not making this list a horror list, even yeah. though. If I had, it's understandable because that's what I watched as a kid. Yeah, like I watched, a, lo I watched a lot of horror, yeah. uh -huh, and I didn't want to make the whole list a horror that's list not. because we've just on, off the back of doing the horror one from last week. Yeah. Even though my pick, my top pick, is going <laughs> to contradict what I've just said. That's fine, though. That's fine. It's what you love. You, there's, there's certain ones you can't leave off. Like I say I'm still because I'll admit I left Labyrinth off because I thought Labyrinth would have been in one of yours. Um, no, not I'm not. It doesn't. Um, them kind of films scare us. Right. Okay. No, there's the scarers. Um, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, um, mm -hmm. Neverending Story, oh, Time Bandits. Um, I think that's it. They really scare me. Yeah. I lo I do love Labyrinth. Don't get us wrong. I, Labyrinth doesn't scare us as much as the rest. Um, yeah. but the likes of Dark Crystal, Neverending Story, Time Bandits really. Yeah, it's, it's like Dark Crystal. I can't watch it. Yeah. So yeah, I did not I did not choose it because as much as I do like it, I don't love it and I could yeah. do without That's it. That's what I went for this time. I went for the ones because I know when we had the discussion on the Facebook group when people give them the list, like people were saying Terminator Two, uh, which I uh, Oh uh, Terminator Two is a good choice. Predator and stuff like that. I was like, Yeah, but I like them and I, I can watch them, but I can't watch them all the time. These five I'll be yeah. honest with you, like I say, uh, I could watch it any minute of the day. Oh, like, morning, like... afternoon, night time, and I would enjoy them in the same way. And some of them, like I say, as going back, Stand By Me, have deeper meaning to us than, than others. Yeah. But uh, Big Trouble in China, again, coming back to it, um, it, it's just joyous. I don't think, like I say, you, you can't smile when you're watching a film. And again, I know, I know it's saying strange things like, you're meant to be entertained watching films. There's not many films you watch now that keeps you engrossed and smiling all the way through because there's little things, little jokes, there's little interactions, and everything is played out in a fun way. And it's I just that. I, I, miss that. I do miss that about films these days. The only time I've ever felt like that recently, and it's going to sound ridiculous given the film that it is, but Deadpool. When yeah. I want to see Deadpool for the first time, it's a film that I... I laughed and smiled from the opening credit sequence yeah. to the end credit. Mm -hmm. There's not one second in that I was not, like my face was hurting yeah. from smiling and laughing so much. And I kind of miss that in films these days. Yeah, I think that aspect, because it doesn't take itself too seriously. And again, similar with this one, it knows the material. It knows, mm -hmm. like, say, like the actresses and actresses know what type of film it is. And they just have fun with it. You can tell they're yeah. having fun. And when the, when that happens, you get brought into it. And again, mm -hmm. as I said, not to diss any other films, a lot of films these days take themselves too seriously or they have to be 
a certain level or be a certain me and, yeah me and my sister call yeah me and my sister call them oscar beaters yeah the, it, it's it's films that are just oscar just wanting oscars to pay attention to so they're going to take things as seriously and talk about topics that are very much on the table right now that you know what as a movie go goer it's not really what i do love there is a lot of films that i like that have a serious tone to them but I want to be entertained. I want to be taken away from the shit that goes on day to day mm -hmm. and just lose myself in yeah. whatever is in front of us. I, I do love, I think it's more the older I get, the less I'm into pretentious films. Yeah. Except I'll watch anything. You, if, if, if you say, oh. well, watch this, I'll, I'll give it a go. But it's like, like, even watching quite recently, I watched the. Was it Army of the Dead, the new Jack Snyder on, on I've Netflix? I've not seen it. I've heard terrible things from it, though. It's not as bad as people are saying, but it's a, it's a two-hour-and-a-half film about zombies. <laughs> that doesn't surprise us. But you take 45 minutes out, take a few of the plot points that don't really need to be in there. It would be a better film, but it, it yeah. takes itself far too seriously. Like I said, Dave Bautista does his best. And again, bless him, I know he's not the greatest of actors, he does try his best to make it entertaining, but they just put things in to try and overcomplicate, and it's like, yeah. it's a is zombie it, film, it, make it fun. Yeah, is this zombie film where they're kind of intelligent? A little bit, but again, I can get past that part. It's the whole, we've blocked out Vegas, but we need to get money, but we don't need to get money, and it's it's like, you just go from A to B, you don't have to throw C, D and E in there as well, just to entertain us, and it tries to be too clever. See, I don't, the the idea of the zombies being intelligent, when I saw the trailer of it, I was like, oh, oh, I don't, and I'm a, I, I'm a massive zombie fan, like Dawn of the Dead is one of, like, I think zombie films have their category of their own when it comes into horror, Yeah. Um, and Dawn of the Dead is one of the mo one of the greatest films ever made mm -hmm. um, but when it comes down to the intelligence side of what they're trying to do the only thing the only film that I think has done it right is Land of the Dead it's mm -hmm. not making the zombies intelligent it's making them conscious yeah that's kind yeah, of what, it's, like, yeah it's not intelligent where they're using tools and stuff like that it's kind of like it's almost like the animals and the sentient there's one uber zombie that decides to wear a helmet, spoiler, sorry, instead of getting their head shot. So it's harder for them to kill them. But it's... Um, I don't do fast zombies. Uh, and I don't... I, you can't. You shouldn't have to overcomplicate mm -hmm. the, the, zombie, the zombie genre. It's not, a, it's not complicated yeah. at all. They're scary in themselves. You can make a huge story with the zombies. Look at The Walking Dead. They've been doing yeah. it for nearly 10 years. Yeah, I mean, messed it up a little bit as well but we'll not go into that <laughs> no that's, that's a topic for another conversation yes <laughs> um brilliant choice my friend really good good top five um my last one my last one i'm so excited about this one so you said this it's a horror so it is it's not well depends how you look at it okay it really does depend how you look at it it is from 1988 Right. It is directed by James Signoli, which is a name you'll not have heard of. Yeah. It was made into a comic book uh, by Marvel, but it was actually, it wasn't a comic book, it was a magazine. 
uh, magazine size comic book adaptation of the film from 1986 to 1987. This character actress has worked with Marvel even to today. She's still very heavily with Marvel, so it still falls in line with the nerdy side. Is but it, it goes Mark? into the heart. It's Elvira, <laughs> Mistress of Sorry. the Dark. <laughs> it is. She made my childhood. Like I am weird and unusual and love the the darker side of things because of this i wanted to be her so badly i didn't want to be lily munster i didn't want to be morticia adams i wanted to be elvira you always seem to have a fun, knack of having fun as well though <laughs> she is hilarious and they like watch like again this is from my friend who lived down the road from me who always got the obscure bit, like she got me into horror because she was the one who got the obscure films and Elvira was one of them. Yeah. It's, I will literally put this on while I'm getting ready and just have it on in the background just to hear her voice and hear <laughs> the one-liners that come from out. But Cassandra Peterson as a person yeah. is so interesting. Yeah. She is the youngest and will always be forever the youngest Vegas showgirl. <laughs> she had had a relationship with Elvis. She lost her virginity to Tom Jones, who <laughs> she got sent to hospital by because he nearly broke her in two. Like her life is so interesting. And Elvira is just a tiny little bit of that. But she she's she's kind of like she's never been one to not accept the character she created. Yeah, because she still, she still gets dressed up now and she looks she still does it now. Yeah, she, she looks was up amazing. until 2019. She held a show at um, Knott's Berry Farm, which became Not Scary Farm. And she did a show in October every night, like a Vegas show. Yeah. And she she finished it in night because you gotta remember she's in her sixties now. Yeah. She's She's getting. She she can she can start taking it slow, but she did that for years. Yeah, I'm she, surprised. Like, see, I, I know like, the film. Again, I've watched it recently. It's, it's still entertaining. It's ridiculous. It's, like it, let's be let's call a spade a spade. It's ridiculous, but it's still so much fun. Yeah, but like I said, again, you probably loved it for different reasons than I did. Was it being a teenage boy watching it for the first time? Um, that was the first time I was introduced to boobs as, as so out there. <laughs> oh my God, this is like... They were yeah, this, was, defiant. This, is, well, this is what disappointed me as an adult because I never got the boobs that I wanted or that I envisioned I would have from her. I was devastated over that. <laughs> I was always mesmerised how they just slaughtered there as well because like, uh, when you say like, it was like gravity defying though, but... Um, no, I'm, I'm surprised there wasn't more sequels after it because I know she it did. Um, well, the right it, time, but it didn't do very well. It, yeah. It's only done well because of the cult. cult it's a cult classic. Yeah. But she she did um, House on. Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. She did Elvira and Haunted House of, or Hill House or. I've got it on my brain because I've just watched Bly Manor, but she yeah. did Elvira. Like, uh, Haunted Hills. Yeah, wasn't she like introducing horror films as well for a while? Eh? Like a bit like we got the that devil thing on. Charles. So yeah, she used to do when um, she so so she comes from Vampira. 
yeah. even though she doesn't like to admit it herself, she does come from Vampira because Vampira was back in the fifties a B movie, um, kind of like, like a, I don't know how to describe it because we didn't really have it here. I think the comic books are getting bigger now. Is it the same comic that comes out Vampire with the yeah. the cuts there and stuff like that, and the black hair? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you thinking? Of, no, you're thinking of Vampirella. No, no. Yeah, you're thinking Vampire. of Vampire. No. no, Vampira is. Um, she's a fifty. Have you never seen Edward? Um. Yes. Oh. Edward. Was it that one? That's Vampira. That is her. Right. You were thinking of Vampirella. Yes. Who but... Carolyn could talk your ear off about. Um, but Vampira, that is, she actually got sued by, by Vampira for the name and for the look, and she lost to a right. Vampira. Um, but she was a B movie hostess on a late night, talk, like a late night show where she would introduce the film and mm -hmm. then she would come in um, at certain times and like make comments if you go on amazon prime you will find vamp you will find elvira's b movie because i watched them all yeah. and the films are horrendous like so bad it was like but, like um misty mystery state of 2000 or something type that type aspects where the little oh. robots sit there and mock the films and stuff yes yes uh -huh. she comes in and makes like hmm. gestures about it and then she she did elvira mistress of the dark and then she she financed a next one, which she only, so she said recently, she only just made her money back. <laughs> but she lives in a very haunted house. Like she, she says there's a huge difference between Cassandra and Elvira for yeah. obvious reasons. She, was on, she has uh, found herself. Sorry, sorry. Hmm? Sorry, no, not what you're saying. You found herself. No, she's like, she's found herself more into Elvira than what she actually thought she ever would be like the car she drives in the movie she owns now and if yeah. you i used to watch um a lot of oh, what was what was that pawn shop on oh you know that oh it was on um it was on the channel history over channel. here it was on yes well i used to watch a lot of the history channel and they used to have a program about a guy who did up um american cars yeah and elvira came to him and had her car souped up by this guy oh, and, her, right. so she, and she lives in a haunted house and her life just very much mirrors yeah. the Elvira. She just doesn't dress like her all the time. No, no, I, I remember she, she did an appearance on uh, Comic Book Men, uh, the Kevin mm -hmm. Smith shop. Um, and basically uh, she came in just as a normal self and they were talking to her great and saying, all right, so we're going to do like a signing because she had a new boot out. Yeah, she's right, I'll get dressed boot. up as Elvira. And the, the three lads, bless them, <laughs> I was laughing my head off because all three of them just stood there for about an hour just going like this. Tongue yeah. dropped out the mouth because like she looked like she did in the 80s. Like, she must have a she good looks no different. She <laughs> looks no different than what she did in that film to what she does right now. I have literally just pre-ordered hers and um, Vincent Price's Funko Pop oh, that's coming out for the, um, the Halloween. Yeah, but she was she she had a, a very lovely relationship with Vincent Price. Yeah, um, that she talked about. So like, mm -hmm. you get choked up for her because you can tell she really misses him. Mm -hmm. Like they had a like they knew what they meant to the horror genre. Yeah, and they didn't take lightly people who took the piss out of it mm -hmm. because that was it was their lives. 
Um, and he, what did she say? I was listening to her on a podcast recently, and she says like Vincent Price taught her how to cook a chicken in a in a dishwasher. I don't care. <laughs> Vincent Price is like he's such an interesting guy. He fascinates yeah. the life out of me. He ha- he did cookbooks. And mm-hmm. um, he's an art. He's not an artist. He is an art collector. Yeah. And had one of the biggest collections of fine art ever. Mm-hmm. Like he's such an interesting fella. See, I was reminded. I know I've been going back to my childhood, but um, like I said, Scooby Doo did a special, like thirteen episodes, the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo, and he voiced it as well. So that was always my first first thought. I always go to when you say Vincent Price is his voice because he's got such a recognisable voice. I know he's done loads of brilliant films and and, and been in. I could do. I could do a list. Yeah, I could do a top five list on Vincent Price, and I could talk you. I could talk you years off because I just love the man so much. Yeah, he's. He's just, he's so special to us. Love and budget. He was, he, him and Elvira had a really, or Cassandra, I should say, had a very lovely relationship. But Elvira, Mistress of the Dog, love it. That one, like I said, I've come out of left field. I would never have expected, like I said, as you said, the film's not great. I'll be honest. I was trying to be polite, but. Oh my God. No, no. You can, you can, like I said, let's call the spade a spade. It is, it's not great. Oh, but I think the character is, like I say, universal and probably a bit ahead of her time as well. Um, I know I, we've had like say, before her Morticia Adams and like, as you said, um, like say, the monsters as well. But she was the one that did it did it differently, but also a bit more modernly as well. She did it metal style. <laughs> see, Lily and Lily and Morticia are, are dark and beautiful and mysterious, so but Elvira did it metal style, and yeah. that is what I loved about her. But she, it was but a bit of an like, story as well, I always liked as well. Oh yeah, she's very, um, but she, she was a woman who, she never needed anyone looking after her. No. Always stood up for herself. Like she was such a, I don't even know if this is the right thing to say and I don't want to upset anyone by saying it, but she was for me a feminist icon. Because mm-hmm. she was, she, she, was, she knew her mind. She yeah. knew her mind. There's a scene in it where someone grabs her from the behind and she goes, if she's like, that's not okay for her. Yeah. She won't have anyone talk down to her. Um, she had the best dog, Gonk. Loved him. Thought it was fantastic. Wanted one. Always wanted, wanted a poodle because of that. Re- then realised I would not be able to do that to a dog. What she did to that dog. <laughs> the dressing up and the hair colour changed. Not a chance. Um, I just, I loved everything about her. And she was my, grown up, like, she was, she was like, always oh, there. Like, like not here. Yeah, she was just... She, she was, she was my hero. She was always, always at the forefront of how I thought, like, what would Elvira do? Even though I am the... Should make the t-shirt woman. now. You're going to have to make a t-shirt yep. now. <laughs> but I just, I am, I always wanted to channel my inner Elvira and I'm so, I'm not a confrontational person. Like, I'm nothing like her, but I always thought if I had like a split side to us, yeah. she would be that split Fine. side to us. Good yeah, choice. definitely. I like there your we go. this way. Well done. Um, Yay! Actually, <laughs> this is probably the one I've struggled with the most, but one I've enjoyed as well. I know you've loved the horror ones and stuff. Like, see, I do love horror as well, but um, I think horror I mean, now because I've, I think horror now needs to sit on the back burner because mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do. I mean, I could go into like I love seventies horror a lot, mm-hmm. and you could you could do a lot on that. But we've got all of October. Oh. Like, this that's is when, you. You are fucked for October listeners because we're going dark. <laughs> we're going, we're going dark. Cannot wait. Yeah. It's going to be great. 
Um, but I loved this one. I I knew you would struggle with it though because yeah. you do love it so much. Like you're the king of nostalgia. <laughs> so I knew you would struggle. I knew you would take to heart every choice you made and every choice you didn't make. Yeah, it did break us a few times. Like I say, once I had a knock off, like Breakfast Club, I never thought the Breakfast Club would never be in my top five. But to be honest, we'll probably still do a John Hughes top five and have it Exactly. <laughs> but, You've got like... This is why I didn't include Star Wars because yeah. it's too, can... too easy though. Because like, yeah, Empire mm -hmm. Strikes Back is quintessential. I, I know we'll have the argument it is the best, best Star Wars film, but uh... <laughs> we'll not get into it because I could go off on one. Um, yeah. But I totally get what you mean. I think you have to be clever in your choices because you've got to think to yourself, could I use that again? Yeah. And this is why it's getting so interesting. I'm just annoyed it's not as well because, like, as you said, mm -hmm. I didn't include a Tom Hanks film. I didn't include a John Candy film. Um, oh, well, well, I did. See, there was a John Candy film that I considered. So the, the choice of Rocky was my last choice. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the one that I replaced with Star Wars. And I was thinking to myself because, but I didn't want to put it in because it, mm -hmm. it was a Dan Aykroyd film, but The Great Outdoors yeah, is one of my favorites. I love that film so much. Yeah. When he dresses up as but a I didn't pick it. <laughs> And then the yes, bed kind of and all. the raccoons. Yes, and all the raccoons talking all oh, my word. Yep. Loved it, loved some it. And again, summer vacation, similar type thing. That, um, not Dan Aykroyd, but more John Candy, where he goes and holiday the, the shittest place in the world. <laughs> but yes. Um, Just, oh. I, I have really enjoyed this week. <laughs> I really have. I thought I thought this week's choice was brilliant. Um, and didn't think I would get much out of it, if I'm if I'm honest, because I'm not. For all I'm a child of the eighties, I'm. I, I only watched eighties films recently. Like I say, I probably was brought up with the TV in front of us, but uh, like I said, that that was me. I love. I guess I still love any films, but um, mm -hmm. ones from my childhood always will resonate more to me. But yeah. I love this one. Like I say, as you can probably tell, it's it's affected us more than probably it should have. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew you would find this week hard. I don't. I mean, it's my pick next week, and I'm going to be quite honest with you. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> got a clue. Need to think about it. You need to think about it. So that's it for our top five of 80s movies. I hope you enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed doing this week. I thought it was great. Like I say, you if you've got any just like say any arguments or things we think you think we're wrong or if you agree with us, please comment on on the YouTube channel, on Facebook or on Instagram. Um, like I say, it's it's grown every day, uh, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I still can't believe that people are still. Listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just want to shout as well. I know, uh, like I say, one of our admins on the Facebook page, Kelly Moon, she's just become a cat mummy. Uh, so the kittens are being Congratulations, Kelly! Yeah, so that's just how the cats give birth, so well done. Um, <laughs> but like I say, um, it's, been a, it's been emotional, shall we say? <laughs> it has, it has. It's been a lot of fun and a lot of emotion and just a lot of heart. I felt like this one was a lot of heart and I really enjoyed it. So please remember, we are available on YouTube, iTunes and Spotify. You can find us by just searching Nerdy Up North. Yeah, we'll find, you can find us yep. pretty easily now. So yeah. <laughs> yep. Remember, please like, share, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify. And if you could be a darling and, you know, give us any review on iTunes, that would be great. It helps people find the podcast. 
not outside of our community and helps bring more into the community on Facebook and on Instagram. And um, I think that's all. I yeah. don't have anything else, I don't believe. No, no, like I said, I just want to say thank you for everyone that's joined. And again, like I say, it, it's been a blast. <laughs> it's been fun. It's been yeah. fun. And we will be back next week with another top five. Yeah. So thanks very much, everyone. So remember, same bat time, same bat channel, and um, thanks again. Stay nerdy, everybody. <laughs> Stay nerdy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>